What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation. Broadcasting back here at Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia. We are in the heart of all things, the heart of the universe. Of course, that is Clarendon. I am your host, Chris Farley, back again for another episode of Pace the Nation. We are on episode 218. And alongside me to get us through this episode, 218, across from me today, it's my one co-host, Julie Cully. Julie, what's up? I was going to correct you because you were going to say alongside you, but I am right across <laughs> you are, from I know. you, and it's just the two of us, so this usually, is an experiment. Usually, usually when, um, I don't know if you know, usually when Docs and I do this uh, podcast together, he sits here, which is in the kind of the driver's seat mm-hmm. where I'm sitting right now, and I sit next to him because I'm very comfortable in that seat. Mm-hmm. So we sit in this, what doc, Docs calls awkward dating seating situation oh, where he like said speed dating or something well no it's not speed it would be like you and your 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 girlfriend or date or whatever is sitting in on the same side of the table so you can kind of hold hands oh so that's the or awkward secretly hold yeah. hands under the table yeah. no we <laughs> when, when was the last time you and i have actually <laughs> held hands let's be honest here come on um but it is just you and i today a big show to get to but uh, I, I was trying to think back um you know, is there been a show? It's just been you and me, or you and I. Well, I don't know what the cor- correct terminology there is. Has there been a show where it's been just Julie and Chris? I don't think so. Don't the think show so of our lives. I don't it. know, like the the circus act at our house. I don't know. Yeah. Not a not a not know. a PTN episode no. though. So there's so many hacky podcasts out there. It's the husband and wife duo. You know, it's like <laughs> I don't want to be a hacky husband and wife. Duo. I don't want to be your duo. <laughs> no, I know you don't. You want it less than you want it less than me. So. Uh, Docs will be back uh, again to break this party up uh, next week. I hope next week. You know, his schedule is always wacky. But uh, we uh, unfortunately, he had to leave town today on his uh, on a trip to wherever he goes. And so he's not here today. And, and it is really too bad because you had some good stuff for him. I it know. Ju- just isn't really relevant for the audience. It, it'd be it's going to be great for the audience. I'm I'm probably overselling it now, but it's going to be great for the audience when uh, you're able to share it with Docs. But uh, yeah. and Docs is then going to like call me out and be like, "See, you only come with good stuff when I'm and when <laughs> yeah. we regularly you don't come with anything." So we're going to wait for him to come back, and so you can bring <laughs> some good stuff to him uh, when he's here. But we we have some great stuff on today's show. Uh, excited to be joined on the phone by Olympic hopeful Parker Stenson. He is the 25K American rep- record holder. Uh, he ran the, the Chicago Marathon, uh, third American there in 2019. He ran 2.10.53, um, which is just an incredible time. He was uh, less than a minute behind, uh, well, he was you know less than a minute behind all the finishers. The top three Americans were all together. He was right in that uh, group of American finishers, but less than a minute behind uh, Olympic gold medalist uh, Mo Farah. Yeah. Double gold medalist Mo Farah. So uh, he's an Olympic hopeful, and we're excited to be joined on the phone. I believe he's in Boulder, Colorado, and uh, so he, he's going to be uh, he's going to be he's a Saucony athlete, and uh, excited to have him join us on the phone. Just further proof that the marathon is really a race of the people. Yeah. And our last episode was with Liz, and Liz is going to be trying to run her first Chicago marathon next Great fall. Connection. Yep. And then this week we've got. You know, Parker. Parker on the phone, who is, you know, one of the best American distance runners out there right now. Yep. And both and competing ran. in the Chicago Marathon. I know. In very the cool. same race. Very, it's pretty very cool. cool. Uh, also on today's program, I've got a, uh, you know, we always got to talk local D.C. Uh, sports teams. I've got a D.C. sports story that uh, was running related uh, with one of the local professional teams. I want to bring that up. And then a streak ended. Uh, this this year uh, and in in twenty nineteen, you know I love streaks. You are a guy uh, of streaks. I do love streaks. I don't know if anybody really follows streaks the same way you do. <laughs> no, I, it might be like a run specialty thing that yeah. people are obsessed with streaks. God, I love this streak, and it came to an end. Incredible streak, and I want to pay a tribute to that later on in the program. Um, but I, I don't want to make it this awkward, you know, we're husband and wife duo, whatever. But I, I do have to bring up, I've been a little under the weather. I feel like I've been validated by a couple people who have said, yes, going to the doctor would not have helped. 
So um, I don't want to, you know, bring up that subject again. I think the again. only issue is that there are about like uh, close to a thousand followers probably who didn't say one way or the other. Like it could be the whole rest of That's the audience true. was like on my side, but just three people two. happen to have your phone number. I think I had two. Yeah. yeah or two, two, people. two people. So you now feel so validated. I, I'm, there was confirmation. That's what I needed. Um, but I have been feeling a little under the weather still. I feel like I've turned the corner and, um, you know, it's been, it's been a, it's been a tough last month for me, but this morning as I was leaving the house, I I thought this was kind of funny. Um, you stopped me and said, uh, are you going to meet somebody? It was about eight o'clock in the morning. I was going into work. You're like, are are you going to meet somebody? You look like a homeless person. (laughs) I was, that's, I that's no offense to, to, to you know yeah to anybody but, yeah but it, you just looked like the saddest person your beard was getting a little scruffy your hair was in your eyes you had your hood over yeah. your head and you just when you get sick yeah you like kind of let the world know that you're right. sick like when i get sick i can't really w- go to work and be like hey guys i'm not really feeling good today like you kind of do this whole like <laughs> and it's been going on for a yeah. while yeah it really made me think uh, I, I i thought maybe i need to like up my game a little bit here because uh, i wasn't going to me i wasn't meeting with anybody i just had some work to do and a couple calls to make um, but Atti- I just, attitude and posture is everything. I, I decided, I decided actually not to go to the office. So you changed the course of my morning. I decided <laughs> not to go to the office because I didn't want to see some of my employees who probably think the same thing that you, <laughs> that you, that you actually verbalized. Yeah. So I guess uh, I'm allowed to say it to your face. So, uh, that was a big moment for me this morning. I am. I am going to try to uh, maybe shower before I go into work. <laughs> I'm very fortunate. We work in this industry, and I can walk to work. I'm very fortunate that I'm here in the center of the universe, and um, I've got very accommodating employees, I guess, because um, I looked uh, somewhat disheveled. I assume they usually look a lot cleaner than you do. Yeah, they do. I need to uh, up my game. All right. I don't do New Year's resolutions, but there it is. Uh, <laughs> up my game. When I go to work, look presentable. That's take, it. Take a shower. Take a shower, look presentable. Brush my hair. Brush my hair, all that stuff. <laughs> all right. Uh, Julie, uh, the Olympic trials are, are almost here. We're a little over a month out. February 29th in Atlanta. We've talked a lot about the Olympic marathon trials. We're excited about them. We're going to be there somehow, some way. Uh, and we've, we've had a number of guests who are going to be competing in the Olympic trials and a number of guests who are Olympic hopefuls. Well, the next guest is definitely Olympic hopeful. He's a 25 K, uh, American record holder. He did that at the river bank run this year and, uh, or, or in, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, he ran the fastest 25 K of all time. He also ran 210. 53 at the 2019 Chicago Marathon was which was about a four minute PR for him. He's Saucony athlete Parker Stinson. He's going to join us next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Julie, we are excited to be joined by Olympic hopeful. American record holder in the 25K. I think he's calling from Boulder, Colorado. It's Parker Stenson. Parker, how are you? I'm great, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. And uh, yeah, calling from, I'm in a parking lot uh, <laughs> waiting <laughs> in Boulder, Colorado, waiting to, uh, waiting to go into some strength training. Nice, man. Bit. Well, we appreciate you taking some time to talk to the, the, the Pace the Nation group. Uh, super excited to talk to you. Uh, Last time I saw you, I don't even know if you know I was there or if you saw me as well. Uh, it was in Austin. Um, you were, were there for Saucony, and you did this run. I, th- I believe it was 6 a.m., and it was it was the Saucony athletes, Julie. It was Molly. It was Parker. and Maybe somebody else. Was there somebody else there, Parker? Uh, there was Jared, and then – That's um, right. I'm really? sorry. Jared, he's been a guest too. Sorry, Jared. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, and then Rayson Grayson. That's right. I don't even know. I don't even know her real name. I just know her Instagram. <laughs> <name>. <laughs> Rayson Grayson. So uh, Parker uh, Parker went out on this run at six a.m. and it was pitch black. Molly decided. So Parker actually went on the run, right? Molly because, decided yeah. not to do the run. Yeah. But Parker risked 
life and limb going out there on those trails at 6 a.m. I was worried you were going to get hurt that day, man. I think I did. Honestly, <laughs> a little bit. I'm not even kidding you. Um, I, yeah, no, it was a great time risking life and limb. It was pretty terrifying. <laughs> but uh, the thing that was crazy is, I mean, I run slow all the time, but mm -hmm. we ran like almost 10 minute pace for 30 minutes. <laughs> yes. And so my calves were, it was like, you would have thought I had done um, a ridiculous uh, track workout and spikes because my calves were you were so destroyed. beat up yeah yeah they were destroyed I was like oh my I was like what what have I done so, <laughs> so I did um, yeah I actually kind of I had to change a workout and everything because wow. so all right so Saucony I, I know the folks I for you guys <laughs> I know the so folks at Saucony are listening so they need <laughs> to know you did that for these Saucony accounts so that we're all thrilled to meet you and get a chance to run. Uh, Guys like me need to run ten minute pace with Parker, so that was uh, that was a good time. No, actually, Parker, you're you're making me feel better about myself because I was once a professional runner, now a jogger, and I can't figure out why I get sore from that's ten it. minute pace. That's and, and maybe it that's it. Yeah. Maybe my body mechanics are just meant for a different pace. That's it. <laughs> you should you should just run. Yeah, you should run less. Right. <laughs> I do. I and, do. Run a, and run a and run a faster pace. I'm telling you, it's like yeah. a real thing. It's like. Um, your ground contact, my ground contact time was just off the charts. Like when we were running, so you're rolling through a like, full foot cycle. Oh yeah, like it, yeah. I'm lucky I didn't even get a bone injury from those 30 minutes too. So. Well, well, we're gonna we're gonna talk more about Saucony. Uh, we'll obviously talk about your third. Uh, you were third place, third American at Chicago, running two ten fifty three, which puts you squarely in contention to make the Olympic team in Atlanta uh, coming up here in February. Uh, but before we get to all that, Parker, uh, University of Oregon athlete, correct? Nine-time All-American, but n is it correct you were never an All-American <laughs> in cross-country? Wow, yeah, you got some serious stats. Yeah, yeah. it's like, it's. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm proud of it, but it's actually a, an incredible feat. To get <laughs> that and, and I was on no relays. I was wow. on no, um, you're individual, yeah, nine individuals. Wow. That is and impressive. Never, never once in cross country. And, um, I would go train at altitude every summer. I was so motivated. I went to Boulder. I went to park city. I'd be in great shape. And then, yep. But then I could never, uh, yeah, never. I even one, one year I got 240th in cross Wow. and that next that next track season, I ran thirteen thirty at the front, like thirteen thirty wow. flat. Doesn't always equate. It doesn't That's always equate. Crazy, man. Yeah. Um, did you enjoy yeah, your, your super depressing? Did, did you <laughs> despise that depressing? Did you enjoy your uh, time at, 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 in Oregon and Eugene? I did. No, I did. But like, I, I can't lie. I mean, it was a really difficult thing, like with my coaches and everyone, because mm -hmm. it was like every time of that year, it was like. I just wouldn't get it be getting it done. And so yeah. it was like just this huge low of like not getting it done. My coach is not knowing what to do, being frustrated. And then these huge highs and track and then going into the summer, like, Oh, okay. I figured it out. Like mm -hmm. I got more fit. And then, uh, the same thing would happen every year. Um, but I did, I, I loved it. I, I, I went there and I was recruited off the idea that, you know, if you come here, you, you'd have a shot to win individual titles, but, you have a really good shot to win team titles mm -hmm. and kind of Galen Rupp and Andrew Weeding were leaving. Uh, so it was kind of a new era, but Sensuitz was still there. Luke Piskedra, Max Fleet. Um, and, and they were doing really well and our team was just doing okay. But then by the very end, my fifth, my fourth slash fifth year, we won um, three track titles in a row. We won wow. indoor, outdoor and indoor. So it all came true. And that was, um, it just shows you, I mean, winning and, and being successful is, is, you know, contagious. And no like, doubt. once you do it, do it one time, you like you, just, you know what it takes and you have, you're just addicted to it. It's a, drug. And it's a really yep. fun time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so. that's really it's it's amazing to kind of look back on those pieces of your career. And I'm sure that a lot of that feeds, you know, where you are in your professional career right now. And some of those learning experiences, did you ever come off like or, or even recently when you talk about, you know, I just couldn't get it right in cross country? Like, do you do you know now why? Like as a professional, do you look back and, and say to yourself, you know, that was that was the piece. There was this piece that was missing. And I was such it. an idiot then. Yeah. <laughs> um. I think there's a few things. Uh, the, the first funny thing I'll say is um, I was texting some people because I was watching Terre Haute and it was just another horrible year there. Just the oh, we were there. We were there. Yeah. <laughs> we had the whole family in yeah. tow. It was rough. Yeah, We were yeah. all sick for like two weeks yeah. afterwards. Yeah. It was yeah. a disaster. 
So the one thing I will say is I was watching that and I go, you know, people think I'm so great now and like I'm so <laughs> tough. I run, I run these marathons and stuff. And I was like, I still, I would run Chicago Marathon and run 210. I don't know if I could still even get like top 20 on that messed up course like right. on that yeah. day. Like yeah. it's just so miserable. Yeah. Um, so I, w- I will give so many people credit for that. But taking a step back, I do think um, – you know, I do think the coaches were a bit hard on me and because when you look at the Oregon program in general and how those coaches have done at other programs, um, they don't do very well in cross country. And I think at the time, you know, I think a lot of that was being a little bit directed towards me. But I also think those coaches trained us at Oregon. Um they wanted us to run amazing in track. And, you know, when you run amazing in track indoors and outdoors, something has to give. And I think they just thought we were so talented that they could kind of under train us and cross. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it really worked that well. And I think I took it like personally and like <laughs> it was something wrong, wrong with me. Um, but now that I've just seen for years now, don't get me wrong. There's some people that run great in cross country at Oregon, but maybe that's just, them running well because overall as a as a program on the men's side it doesn't really seem like it adds up for a it's lot crazy of people, right to I be mean, honest with all the talent uh, there yeah and and uh, frankly i didn't even realize that you ran at oregon before you know really starting <laughs> to look at you know because you guys didn't have the team success and that's what i would associate you know i would have thought you would have had right. it but uh don't be insulted by that he doesn't always pay attention Uh, yeah that's true (laughs) i know who you are parker (laughs) (laughs) no no it's okay the only other thing i've i've wondered sometimes is maybe um because i'm good at road running and i love that maybe um i'm i don't know i just hit the ground so hard and Mm -hmm. like um i'm such a track runner like form wise and stuff i just wonder if some of that affects like maybe i'm just losing a lot more energy than other people necessarily would like in the mud and in the whatever. So I don't know. Well, no but. longer. Cause you've got these new sock and shoes that we're going to talk about. That oh, we're really, yeah. <laughs> really excited. about. <laughs> or but. we could have put him in the uh, NCAA regional up in the Northeast, yeah, which true. was then turned into a road race. <laughs> you would have rocked that. Yeah, that, that. Oh, I would have broke, I would have broke a regional record. Record. <laughs> um, so you, you move on from Oregon, uh, become a professional runner for Saucony. Uh, you've had a, a really successful career most recent i mean recently very successful uh career as you were just kind of saying um you transition coaches has that been it take us through like let's let's step back to you you were coached by hudson and now you've transitioned to ritzenheim take us through that process sure yeah um so i guess yeah to answer the process that happened was um early in my professional career um i i actually had uh, I broke 28 minutes in the 10K, so I had the Olympic standard at the time of the 2016 trials mm-hmm. at Hayward Field. Um, but I got uh, an Achilles sheath injury. Uh, it took a really – I spent – I basically couldn't run for like seven months because I kept trying to fix – you know, it's just a hard injury. Mm-hmm. Um, it it kind of gets better and doesn't get better. kind of gets better. And then eventually conservative treatment didn't work, so I got surgery. Um so a lot of the reason why my career was so slow to start, um, was I was dealing with that, unfortunately. Uh, and at that time I needed to just get out of Eugene. I felt so like, I've never felt so depressed and like alone in my entire life Mm -hmm. because, you know, I just run successfully for that program and there's not really much to do there. Um, besides that. (laughs) And I couldn't run it. I couldn't run at all. I mean, I couldn't run at all. And that's what everyone knew me for. And the trials is coming there. Still can't run. And, um, no one really understands, you know, they're like, how can this guy still not run? But anyway, so yeah, it was, that's a whole nother story. But, um, Brad reached out to me and I have known Brad since I've known Brad for a long time since high school. He actually helped my high school coach a little bit. Um, I wouldn't say he was coaching me. He just gave him some advice. My, my high school coach reached out to him and didn't really know what to do. Um, and wanted to do right by me. So I was really fortunate for that. And, um, I was like, yeah, like, Brad's group had some money and, um, he, he really, uh, believed in me and, um, thought, Hey, I can, I can help you out and whatever. So Brad started coaching me and I w I was just doing 20 minute runs and, uh, at seven thirty pace and I would feel amazing, like out the door, like, Oh, I I'm so talented. This is easy. <laughs> and then I would get to like, 
I get to like two miles in and my calves are just blown out <laughs> because I couldn't, I, I, I was just totally fresh. I right. didn't know. So it was a long process and I was with Brad for probably two, two and a half years. And, um, I owe a lot to Brad. Uh, he was interested in coaching me when it didn't really seem like anyone, anyone was. And he got me back into a position where, um, I was able to get another contract with Saucony and, um, I did have some success, uh, under Brad. I lost the U S half marathon championship by one second to mm-hmm. Chris Derrick. Um, and he was in, uh, vapor flies and I was wearing Saucony. <laughs> I was in Saucony yep. which oh isn't gosh. even a racing shoe <laughs> right, I lost right. by one second. Right. So I was pretty proud of that. So I was having some success, but still kind of like my training was going so phenomenal and I wasn't disappointed in what I was doing, but it was just like, man, I was like, I know I got more, I got more. Um, but then anyway, so then Brad started coaching Allie Kiefer and, um, he was getting really excited about working with her and yeah, just to be honest, um, he just was going to follow her around and he was yeah. really excited about her and, um, just our group wasn't really doing it for him anymore. Uh, you know, and, and so it was just kind of like a negative situation for everyone in our group. Um, that wasn't Allie. And, and so we all just kind of needed to figure out what we were going to do. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I see Brad uh, all the time around Boulder and I don't know his, I don't know his feelings or how he felt that it went. Um, but it just seemed like he was passionate about something else and I'm a really passionate person and I'm not going to work with someone who's not passionate about like working with me. So, yeah. uh, yeah, just need to figure something out. And I'm so fortunate. Um, Dathan. Yeah. So this is so, so sorry. This is so long. No, it's dude, you made a long. great. I mean, you made a great situation out of something that was could potentially be super negative or career ending. Yeah, it was really stressful. Um, and I had just come off running two fourteen at Chicago, which is well below what I was capable of. So I felt really lost again. Um, and this is so I'm gonna go really quick here. But Dathan, volunteer assistant, coached at Oregon for like six months. Hmm. When I went from I was somebody that. I was running fast times, but I get like ninth or eighth that like NCAAs wouldn't quite reach my performance. Dathan kind of took me under his wing there. We became really close and I finished um, third for the first time at NCAAs behind Lowey Lalane and Edward Cesarek. So wow. good people to lose wow. to. Yeah, seriously. And that was with Dathan. And so we stayed really close. Um, and he had the same, he's had every injury. So he had the same Achilles injury as me. So we rebonded over that. And then um, he had kind of seen everything going on with Brad and how well I was running, and but just my my races were just doing okay. So I reached out to him, just kind of talking, man, I don't know what I want to do, and I, I just feel so lost. And he kind of just was like, well, hey. And he didn't know what it would look like, and I didn't know what it looked like, but he's like, hey, if you need help, like I'd, I'd, I'd love to coach you. And I was like, wow. what? I was like, oh, my God. Like I didn't know if he was even coach. I didn't know what that meant, like whatever. So – then we took a few a while to figure what that was going to look like. Obviously, I was super excited, but I was just really nervous. Like, can I get it done, like alone at altitude? Can I? Do I have what it takes? It's a really hard, even though I knew I wanted to go with Dathan. And then, yeah, the rest was history. I train mostly alone. I go out there sometimes, but we just are really close, and um, he just gets gets me. And then, yeah, then you, the whole. 2019 was with him and mostly training alone here. So really, um, really great, really grateful for how it went. Wow. Parker. So, um, back up there for a second, when did you and, um, Dathan kind of officially start working together? And then where is Dathan? Because he's not in, he's not in Boulder, right? And, and and Dathan Ritzenheim for our audience who doesn't know is three time, uh, Olympian, uh, 10,000 meters marathon, you know, one of the best runners, uh, in American distance running history. So yeah. So wh- where is Dathan? Yeah. So he's in Grand Rapids, his hometown he, where he grew up, him and his wife both grew up there and they actually dated for a short time, I think like in middle school, whatever that means. <laughs> really? and then, <laughs> they um, held hands in the hallway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and then they reconnected in college and then they've been together ever since, but they want, so they moved back there. Um, and that's where he's at now. And, uh, your other question was, oh, so we were talking a lot immediately right after Chicago and just kind of, I mean, I, you know, you take a big break and you kind of build back into stuff. So it wasn't like I needed a coach immediately. So this is Chicago 2018. 2018. Okay. Yep. Where you were in 214. Yep. 
Yep. And we started probably officially working together, riding my training, like getting serious. Probably, um, we, we, we met together at, um, New York city marathon. Um, cause he was out there. So we officially met down in person, chatted and said, Hey, like, I feel really good about this. Let's move forward. So whenever that is, so I guess that would have been, is that late November? Yep. That may, yeah. that would make sense after Chicago. Yeah. Uh, and, and after, uh, all the, all the fall marathons. So you start. Yeah, and then I, I yeah. went and ran 62 flat basically like already, like right, like in two months, like after him coaching wow. me and stuff. And, um, was, was there anything yeah, you that know, you were different doing differently with him? I mean, of no, yeah, yeah. A lot more, um, like even Brad, when we would do like speed, quote unquote speed work or track work or something, mm-hmm. it was like never enough rest. So like, it always became still like an aerobic workout where like when I first started working with Dathan, just like his emphasis on bringing like power and stuff back into like my training was like, I mean, like we would do 1600, 1200, 800, 400 breakdown. And then so much rest that like I was putting on a jacket between, you know, like three to four minutes, (laughs) three to four minutes between everything. And Brad wouldn't give you three or four minutes between 10 K repeats probably, you know? (laughs) So, um, but that's it. Just like, Sorry, I was just going to say for someone who is as, you know, well versed in the track, like, you know, being a college coach, like you just can't get too far away from that. Even if you're going to transition up to marathon running, I mean, mm-hmm. having that base of track and field, I mean, if you're third in the NCAA, like you know how to close and right, and trying to pull right. that out of your legs and turn you into a different, like physiologically different human being is it, not beneficial. Right. No. Yes. Like you should always work on your weaknesses, but you have to be smart about it too. And so I think too, like that was, so my best race ever under Brad, um, I had just like right before that I ran 2830 on the track in Canvaras again, no less. (laughs) Um, and then I had my best half marathon ever after that, because I just had so much more power than I had been used to under him. Um, and so, yeah. and, And then another fun fact, I love sharing this because I, I just truly shocked by it, but I lived it. So I just love telling the story. So before I broke that record um, and I soloed it, and I ran like 444 pace for 15 and a half miles, mm. 10 days out or like a week out or 10 days out, something like that. I did um, four times K64. Uh, and the slowest thing I ran was like a K at like 244 probably. Wow. And wow. everything was faster than that that was so hard and it was so, but it's like, it reminds you that running is very hard and it's like, but it's a different kind of running than like that hard tempo stuff. And then I go in my next race, then I can run four forties. Like it's, it feels amazing to run four forties. Yeah. 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 So I love sharing that story because I think most people to see four times K six, four that fast, seven, nine days out from a race. It's just not what you would expect before a, uh, 25k race in my opinion well your your body breaks into a different completely different like biomechanics right and so you you then come back to this pace and you're like wow my stride feels easy here as opposed to that being kind of your top end in training is at that race pace when you start to like really grind it out in those harder ones like just from the way your body's moving, you've opened your body up in a completely different way. So when you come back, you're like, how is this so easy? It just feels fluid. Oh man. If you guys, if you, there's this video called uh trackster where the, the guy kind of like banded at the race and filmed <laughs> like the, the American record, like up close. But I, what I love about it is I, once again, this is just me, you know, I could be wrong, but you as a coach, I think you'd love if you watch this. And I, now that I've told you this, I look like I look big and like strong for someone running this distance. And like, like it looks like someone who's been on the track, who's been lifting, who's been doing these things. And like I said, I just think most high school kids or most people is that's not what you would expect to reach your potential in a 15 and a half mile race. Well, you can see it when I'm running. You're like, dude, that guy's just like pounding away and ripping the whole race. And you can't do that if you haven't done that underwork as well. And I, 
I don't think it's speed. I think it's more power than yeah. it is speed, in Absolutely. my opinion. Absolutely. All right. So, I want to get back to the uh, 2019 where you've really had a breakthrough. And we got sure, to talk sure. about the uh, the Olympic trials and the potential uh, Tokyo. Uh, but before before we do that, uh, you're on Instagram. It's at underscore. A lot of underscores here, Parker. <laughs> underscore Parker, underscore Stinson, underscore, right? Three underscores yeah. with your name in between. Uh, so give him a follow. I enjoy you on Instagram. Um, my, my question is a lot of music behind your videos. Um, you know, I, I, I like rap music, um, but, you know, I'm a little older than you. He's I, a 90s guy. Yeah, he's, I, I, he's got like, yeah. 90s rap what, on his mind. What, what is that stuff that you're playing? Um, you're dating yourself so bad. <laughs> I just... I just love I just love Drake. He just speaks to okay, me so says much. Drake. I'm just like a Heard of him. basic basic <laughs> white boy. I guess, you know. Yeah. Um but uh I don't know, a lot of the music I try to do, it it if you look at it, not all of them, but a lot of them work really well with like what's going on in the video or more yeah. like what I what I'm what I'm writing about. So I think Drake, like he talks a lot. Yep. Like he talks a lot in his music, so there's like lines or there's like motivation things that i'm like thinking about too or something that i don't know so that's what i like no nah, like, I, I, I i dig <laughs> it there's an art to it I, I really i really dig it um i just I don't know the rappers you do you putting do. that Using stuff together you yeah. do yeah. It's, it's it's really well done um and yeah. if and if you do follow him uh you'll see a number of of posts about saucony uh you know i gotta i gotta say say this uh i i, I read somewhere that you know, they re-signed you after that uh, traumatic Achilles injury, and you hadn't been running for seven months. I mean, what does that say about Saucony? Well, um, no. So I, uh, it says a lot. They threw a little party for me when I when I broke that record, and yeah. it meant so much to to do it with people that were been were there for you. When you're not worthless, obviously you're a human being, <laughs> right. but you you feel pretty worthless uh, when you can't run. Um, but I'll even do you one better. They, they not only signed me after, um, the Achilles thing, they actually, right when I re-signed my contract was when, um, I walked seven times at the end of my marathon, uh, debut. <laughs> at CIM? I, yeah, yeah. I was on 210 <laughs> to 11 pace through 23. I walked seven times and finished 31st place and they still re-signed. Wow. Well, I don't so, know who they have for speed walking. <laughs> Maybe they thought you as a speed yeah. walking guy. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I'm very lucky to be with them. They're, um. I do think that the special thing about them is they don't sign a ton of people. No, they don't. But the people that they do sign, I think they they kind of believe in them holistically. And I think that allows them that grace period a little bit to be like, hey, we understand these things happen, um, but we believe in this athlete. And I hope, too, that I'm a further encouragement to you know other people that they sign and go through tough times that, you know, um, Dathan, has, Dathan has this saying, because um, we were talking about uh, – Bekele coming back and running that mm -hmm. amazing marathon. He goes, you know, people always like to do this, but they always like to ride off the big talent because they want to say, oh, they're done. They don't have it anymore. But those people are freaks for a reason. And right, I'm not, right. obvi I'm obviously not that level of talent, but it, once you get healthy, once you get back, it's not like it just goes away. Like you, you come back and you can be better than you ever were. And I think some people forget that and you know yep. i'm i'm a great ex a great example of that i'm running the best i've been running hard since i was 11 or 12 years old and i'm running better than i ever have at 27 and i missed a lot of time um but it doesn't go away and, and i'm so grateful that saucony chose to to believe in that and um yeah i hope they continue to yeah, do that and, for, and, for and all their and athletes dude they're killing it and uh, you know I, I referenced austin where we had a bunch of retailers in town for the running event and I feel like they won the running event and you did some stuff for them um, there and they they were kind of releasing or at least showcasing their new shoes, the Endorphin Pro, um, which is, I mean, they've got this new line of shoes that's I don't think is out yet, but is just flat out awesome. Um, did you run the in the Endorphin Pro for, I believe Jared did, did you run sh Chicago or he ran, he obviously didn't run Chicago, but did you run that in that shoe in Chicago? Yeah, yeah, wow. it's, it's uh, fantastic. Like I can't, I'm not going to try to convince listeners or anyone that mm -hmm. it's like better than, than other famous shoes, you know, <laughs> that everybody uh, talks about right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, you know, I'm not trying to, cause first of all, I don't, I haven't worn them. I don't want to wear them. The other shoes. Right. To, right. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to know. I just, all I can tell you is, um, it's so much better than the Saucony shoes I was wearing before. Yep. And I'm super grateful that 
they underwent um the the money and the the journey and all the hard work to to make us better shoes because they're they're great so i'm not going to sit here and tell you they're better than other shoes i have no idea yeah all i know is i've been running great and great in them and uh and that that you know i'm i'm a huge fan so. yeah no they're they're new line i mean like i said i think they won the day at uh and there was a lot of great stuff there. All the brands were there, and they were they were um, you know as good, or if not better, than than, than the rest of them out there. Um, I've heard a lot of people yeah. say that. So yeah, it's, um, it's, it's really good, it's good to hear that. Really, really exciting. Uh, so um, yeah, so give him a follow underscore Parker underscore Stinson underscore, um, and and you'll you won't be disappointed. He put some time into those Instagram videos. I promise <laughs> you. Um, yeah. so you run one thirteen forty eight for the 25 K American record, uh, in grand rapids. And then, um, you know, you, you, that, that's like may, I believe is that, is that about yep. the, yep. So may, so you know that you are potentially ready to rock for Chicago. Um, how are you feeling going into Chicago here this October, this past October? Yeah, it was, it was a weird, um, it was a weird feeling. So yeah, the, the buildup was like going crazy and, uh, like crazy well. And, um, you know, it's a very stressful time because when the training's going really well, you're obviously, um, you're having problems. You're trying to put out like pain wise. So, um, that was stressful, but Dathan was just getting so excited. I was, um, um, I was doing a lot of workouts that were getting pretty dang close to stuff that he had he done was before doing he well. ran. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 207, 208. And you know, I, it's a gift and a curse for me. Um, I've done, I've impressed a lot of coaches before and then my races, I, my races aren't bad or anything, but I think I'm just one of those people that I can do some pretty impressive things. And then, um, for me to just like reach that same level in a race or a little bit more is about what I can do. Or I think maybe someone like Dathan, um, that guy can just get so much out of himself on race day. So like, I may have been doing the same workouts close to him, but that doesn't mean I was going to go run, you know, two Oh seven. Um, so yeah, it was, it was really exciting. It was going amazing. Um, the only thing that it was weird, um, the last week or two before Chicago was pretty tough for me. Um, I don't know what it was, but I just started to feel really flat. Like, I don't know if it was the taper or we maybe just needed to do some things differently. Um, but yeah, I started to feel really flat and I was still hitting the workouts, but it didn't feel like how you want to feel like before you have to go run 20. That's kind of unnerving. Miles. But that's a good yeah. lesson for our listeners. Like you, you I mean, you went and nailed yeah. it race day, right? Yeah. And no, I'll even, yeah. And even race day. I, um, so, and it was a really tough situation because the block had gone so well and Dathan was so high on how it had gone <laughs> yeah. that, you know, to not break, to like not run two ten basically two ten fifty three was about as least like the least I could do. Is right. All I'll right. Say. That was, that <laughs> um, was going to be the, that, that, that was going to be the floor. So he, he, he yeah. you, you guys thought you could run faster. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I think I could have too, based mm-hmm. on how I felt on the day and, and how I ran. So, I mean, I'm super grateful and proud of that day, but yeah. So the last few weeks were just okay. And then the race day was super interesting too. Um, I don't know what was happening. Like I said, it might've just been just that whole mental thing of my coach and I knowing that I was doing really well, but I remember basically being at like mile four or five or six and we were, we, we had already gotten a few bottles now, so got that under control. I had a great group, but we were like right on pace, basically. Like we had no time to spare. We were just like right. barely on. Um, and I don't know. I remember like almost having a panic attack or, or two, like just of like, it's like, I, I don't want to be here. Right. Like there were moments where I was like, dude, I feel like I could just like step off right now. And wow. um, it just wasn't coming as, as easily to me. And I, I avoid scripting things because that's, this is usually what happens if you script something. So I'm not sure what was going on, but I just tried to bring everything back to myself, forget about the crowds, forget about all the people that were, were with me. And yeah. And then somehow, you know, we were probably like five flat five Oh one pace at five miles and I ended up running four fifty nine somehow. So yeah. Lesson to the <laughs> listeners is right. just, get out of your get out of your own way um and let your body do what it needs to do and um but yeah i'm super proud because talk about a high pressure situation we were running fast and at mile 22 there was still like 10 americans there and that's about that's about the worst situation for someone like me because i don't like dealing with that at all um but yeah somehow found a way uh 
I, and, and I thought right it was, I, 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 I thought it was really interesting to hear uh, you on another podcast where you just kind of broke it down and, and you didn't feel great, but you, you, you said something that I, I heard you said stride breathing bottles. And that's kind of what you were saying to yourself over and over. And that was just getting you through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was the thing. I brought the focus back to me and it's like, instead of saying, Hey, bring the focus back to you, like something like that. It was like, I actually did a, a process to, to actually do that. Mm -hmm. And so same thing. I was like, I don't like how I feel. I'm kind of nervous what's going on. And all I could do was like, make sure you keep grabbing your bottles, make sure you keep taking deep breaths and make sure you keep opening up that stride and, you know, hopefully, hopefully good things, um, will happen. Um, <laughs> and, and, and that's all I, all I could do. And, you know? Yeah. And it, and it, and it did. I mean, that was almost a, f a four minute PR for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and honestly, um, the bigger thing to me was like, when you look ahead to Atlanta and everything, it, it's a weird thing to explain. I kind of struggle, but like the 25 K was a huge breakthrough from mm -hmm. an ability and like talent standpoint. I just went and ran and it was great. Mm -hmm. But what we were looking for at Chicago was like, it was worth it to us to run a minute slower but like do it the right way, right. sit in there with people, learn how to close well, learn yep. how to compete well at the full 26.2, because I'm not going to just go out fitness everyone in Atlanta. I'm going to have to find a way to beat people at the end. And so, um, they were very different races, but there are huge breakthroughs in different ways. 25 K being physical and my showing like my raw talent. Mm -hmm. And then Chicago being, no, I got it done on a really tough day for me. And just like a tough situation, like how I was saying, like just all those people around and you're running fast right. and you're like, why are all these people here? Why are, like, why running? can't I drop these people? Yeah. 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 And so I'm so, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm so proud of both of them, but in completely different ways. Well, we're going to be there in Atlanta. Can't wait to see you uh, race there. It is crazy to see I, this thing is so wide open. Um, you got two Saucony athletes squarely and there may be more. Uh, with you and Jared, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it was. I look at the top runners, the Americans at Chicago. You know, they're not household names. Riley, uh, Jacob Riley, uh, Gerald Mock, you, yep. uh, Andrew Bum Bumbleo. Uh, shout out to Georgetown. Um, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> but you got a ton, and then there's just a slew of other guys there. I mean. It's it's like not easy to say who's going to make this team on February 29th. I think it's super exciting for um, all the fans and all the, the and the TV and everyone involved, mm -hmm. and even the athletes because I think a lot of those people. I think what we all proved is at least is how I feel like, um, and you know Julie will say how it, it is important. It, it matters what you do on the day, mm -hmm. but at least from just a self confidence standpoint, like. I've run the Olympic standard now twice in two separate events, um, broke a record, ran great on a huge stage in Chicago. Like I know I have what it takes to become an Olympian, but you have to have your day. Yep. Like, you have to have your day on that one day out of the year, out of four years, and you got to find a way to get it done. And I think a lot of people feel that way now, like to run what they did, they feel like, you know what? I know kind of what it takes now, but am I going to, get it done on that day. And it's just a fun feeling to have. It almost reminds me like when I got third the first time in NCAAs in the 5k, it was like, wow, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm this level of athlete. I can't blah, blah, blah. This is amazing. Then the next year I went and did it again. And it was like, it wasn't, I didn't even, things didn't go as well the next year. I had problems, whatever, but I knew what it took right. to do that. And it's like, it's a big deal. I, yeah, it's just a big deal. And so I think it's so exciting for all the fans because there's so many people that you can tell it it's not a knock on anyone it's not like oh you didn't have if you got fourth you got fifth you didn't have what it takes you didn't get it done you're not that level of athlete it's more just kind of like oh man like it just didn't really the cards didn't fall for you that yeah. day yeah. um and it, it's a, such I, a it's such a tribute to to like i mean everybody's gonna be coming in in a different in a different way, right? There's going to be people who have something creep up in the next couple of weeks that like, you know, yep. they've got to deal with. And so you, somebody may have perfect training. Somebody may have, you know, mixed perfect, training yeah. and, um, on race day, it becomes this mental game. And it's so interesting to say, to hear you say, you know, kind of how you felt, um, in, in October, because, 
that is going through everyone's minds, right? And now at the Olympic trials, that's like brought up a whole other level, right? Somewhere, oh, yeah. somewhere out there, they're like, it's going well, but like, can I keep, can I stay with this? And that's where this mental piece is just so significant. I know one of the biggest races of my life, um, I actually tried to convince myself in the race to trip myself up like like yeah, there are yeah. so many things that we mess with ourselves and I, I'm so proud of the fact that in that moment I was like get out of your head just focus on what's going on here because there are so many moments that people who have never been at that like high level high stakes may have no idea oh, yeah. they're just like well you're fit you should go do it and you're like oh my god that's just that is literally the start um, oh, that's, that's 50% of it. I mean, yeah. if you, if you, if, if making the Olympics or, or getting PRs could be based on Strava, you know, <laughs> accounts when no one's watching, it'd be a whole different people because yeah. it's, it's, it's a whole, I mean, uh, you line. know, it's funny. It, it reminds me of, uh, it reminds me of like, you know, a lot of, I try to say this the right way because there's just pros and cons to everything, but you know, everyone thinks they want the limelight and they think they're like, Oh, chip on my shoulder. No one, no one cares about how I do and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? Appreciate that because yeah. when people do care how you do, it's a whole different game. <laughs> yeah. And, if, and yeah. you right. gotta, you have to learn how to deal with that. And it, I mean, I, I'm always, I, I've, people have cared how I was doing since I was 11 or 12 and I went to Oregon and it never stops. Like yeah. you always have to keep learning. You can't get um, complacent with that. You can't think, oh, I figured it out. I can handle the pressure. It's yeah. always processing those feelings and understanding why are you feeling this way? Like, why do you feel the need to trip yourself? And you know, something that I did before the 25 K I had this great sports psychologist tell me one time, those are normal feelings yeah. instead of being ashamed of them or like, um, trying to hide them or push them down. You need to bring them in and sit with them and slowly process that. And that's how you're going to perform well, because when you try to push them away and you try to be like, Oh, why am I feeling this way? This isn't normal. You feel like something's wrong and that's not, of course you feel that way. It matters to you. It's yeah. super important. You poured your heart into it. Yeah. So I think if you allow those feelings in, that's when you can really take off because caring about something isn't an, is a, it can help you yeah. run better if you handle it the right way. And so. guess where all those feelings come out to like any of those negative feelings, they come out in your most vulnerable state, which is when you're either standing on the starting line or somewhere in the middle of that race, you know? Yeah. So if you haven't yeah. dealt with that stuff ahead of time, <laughs> guess where it's coming out. It's you're, Yeah. I love what you said. You wouldn't go into a tactical Olympic trials and you didn't work on kicking or work right. on your <laughs> right. closing speed. Yeah. So why? Yeah, exactly. Why would you avoid all these? Oh, well, what if this person I don't want to lose to is looking really good? Or what if it goes like this? Why would you like avoid processing right. those things? Because like you said, then all of a sudden you're in that most important spot and you're going to, something's probably going to come up, yeah. you know? So yeah. You're, yeah. you're, you're getting, he's got a therapy session to get to. I'm, I'm, my anxiety I know, and is, I'm so excited my, my, my about this conversation. Is like, my, my anxiety is like raising. This guy's got to get out, get out there and get ready for this thing. I know. Wait, I have one more point well, I, that I want to make. Okay, one, one more point. point. Okay. And then we got to ask him how his training's going. He's got to get okay. to work. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Parker. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, no. Uh, what I was going to say is I think, um, and this is probably a plug for myself yes, too, please, right? Please yeah, plug. I'm going to, I'm going to yep. go, go <laughs> plug ahead. myself, but. I think it is such an incredible advantage to have someone like Dathan Rittenheim in your corner because not only do you have someone who ultimately understands how to train and what this buildup looks like, they can walk through your mind and they understand it on a deep emotional level as well. Um, what it takes to be there, what it takes to be in that moment, um, and, and what that buildup feels like, like from an emotional standpoint, like it's one thing to write the training. It's another yeah. thing to like actually physically know what it's like to be there in that moment on that day. Um, and, and really just be walking with you. I think that's awesome. So I, I'm really, both of us are so excited for you and, and, and really hopeful rooting for you. Yep. Yeah, he's um he's a really special person and you nailed it right on the head. I think that's the biggest difference is um uh he's the first coach probably in a long time where I never feel like I have to prove anything to him uh in training mm -hmm. or my toughness or anything and I'm just so much happier. Um 
I wouldn't say I was like in an abusive relationship <laughs> with myself, but right. I think like you get into a spiral of like, Oh, I run these great workouts. I don't run a great race. My coaches don't think I'm like tough or something. So then you crush more workouts, you crush more things. And so, um, Nathan's really freed me up from all that. And he just believes in me more than even I believe in myself. And, uh, He's That's just huge. Yeah, you nailed it right on the head. He's just a really, a really special huge person. asset. There, there were so many other things I wanted to, get, I wanted to get into it. There was a Runner's World article about his diet. He eats oh, turkey, you're so turkey excited about the turkey sandwiches. <laughs> turkey yeah. sandwiches. I'm a big turkey sandwich. I wanted to get your take on Popeye's chicken sandwiches. Uh, uh, you know what? May, maybe if we see you at the trials, that's where we'll ask yeah, you those. Whatever. Those, we'll I have mean, to catch you up again. Super so. quick. Yeah, I have yeah. a, I have a horrible diet. Uh, don't <laughs> be like, don't, don't be like me. Um, <laughs> That's the first thing. And then the other thing, yeah, the Popeye chicken sandwiches were, were amazing. Amazing. Um, okay. I, yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I would do all the crazy stuff that like, I, I just rolled up to one and I ordered it and I waited uh, 45 seconds and ate one. Not 45 sweet. minutes. Okay. No, okay. no. So like, <laughs> I, I don't know if it was as amazing as like what everyone else had to go through. <laughs> right. But I, I mean, for me, I, I just walked in and it was great. So yeah, uh, that's cool. Good. Well, um, all right. Well, dude, best of luck. Um, big shout out to, uh, Scott Schilter who, uh, hooked me up with, oh, yeah. with you. Uh, great guy, a big friend of, of the, of me, of mine for, for a while. He's been in the industry for a while. He's a Saucony guy that connected me with Parker. Give him a follow okay. underscore Parker underscore Stinson underscore on Instagram. Uh, he's Saucony athlete, 25K American record holder, 210 marathoner Parker Stinson. Dude, thank you so much for joining us. It was fun. Thank you so much, guys. All right, there he goes. Parker Stinson, he joined us on Pace Nation. We'll take a break and be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to Parker Stenson for joining us on Pace the Nation today. Uh, what a great guy. Uh, follow him on Instagram because I think that's the best place to follow him because he does all those videos with the music, and he spends time on them. It's underscore Parker underscore Stenson underscore. We love underscores here on Pace the Nation, so he fits right in. Uh, so, Parker, man, um, you know, he... Uh, has, has just seen such a breakthrough, uh, from, you know, the, you know, the, the 2018 running 214 to, to 2019 running 210. Um, and there's just so many guys right around that 210 mark. It's going to be exciting to see, uh, if, if, if he's one of the guys who can get into that top three. Remember that um, there's all those quotes out there, right? That a breakthrough is only a breakthrough to the people who see it. It's not <laughs> a breakthrough true. to the people who are doing it. Right. Um, it, like he said, he, he's been training since he was 11 years old, and he ran at you know one of the best track and field programs in the country yep. at that time, particularly at, at Oregon, and has had great success and now translated it. And even some of those races he was talking about, like he always knew that he could be better than what he was doing um, from a performance standpoint. So for him, it was about putting those pieces together. And now it seems right. like he's doing that. So I'm, I'm calling it an overnight success. And we all know that overnight yeah, successes One day he are... <laughs> woke up and he ran 210. Yeah. It was fabulous. No. Uh, well, he uh, is is going to be really fun to see what he can do. He's got Plenty of plenty of good running, a bunch of good running in front of him. So it was great to have him on the show today. Um, so Julie, uh, we talk a lot about sports here on the podcast, um, which is no surprise to you. Even before you were on the podcast, we talked a lot about the DC sports teams, a lot about the Nationals, the Redskins, uh, a lot about the Capitals when they won the Stanley Cup. Not as much about the Wizards. So we got to get their you know we got to get them in are the, the in, are the wizards giving us things to talk about nah, well yeah they you know they, they've been fun they've been exciting to watch they've okay. been fun to a fun team to follow they're they're a young team um so whenever i can crowbar a uh a professional dc sports team into the show i always do uh last year we talked about strasburg steven strasburg and the reason why he felt like he was going to be healthy in 2019 uh, 2018, 2000, or I'm sorry that, yeah, the 2019 season was because he started running regimen. Mm. So, you know what? Maybe it worked. MVP of the world series, world champions. 
How do we get in on his training? Like, <laughs> I don't he, know. Yeah, does seriously. Does he need training partners? Yeah, it's, yeah I, I would. Uh, I'd He's be, got young kids. We got young kids. I'd be happy to go out and run some 10-minute miles with him. <laughs> <laughs> Parker Stinson can go out and run 10-minute miles with him. He's, He's done probably, probably actually good. running faster than that. He seems yeah. like a pretty fit guy. Yeah, he, he, he definitely is. Uh, but I, I ran across this story from our guy, Kellen Sung. The headline is, Ish Smith... Uh, he is this point guard for the Wizards. He is like a really exciting, super quick. Like he is probably one of the fastest guys in the league when he's taking the ball from one baseline to the other baseline. One of NBA's fastest players hates running. Wow. I know. That was really disappointing. Like he actually went out of his way to say, I hate running. Well, Kellen somehow unearthed that sort of nugget from him. Um, he says, hates running is is the words that he used. He said, I hate running on the track. I hate running lines. I hate it. I mean, he used hate a lot. Mm. Um, but when he's playing basketball, I love it. He said in college, we'd run a mile and then they'd have to make a certain time for the guards because right. the guy's got to run uh, the, the mile. I, you've, you've probably seen the, the basketball Georgia players. basketball team has come up to our track yeah. a couple times. Yeah, And for, they run the for, mile. For training. Do they hate it? I don't know. They do look they like they hate it when they're out there. So maybe they do hate it. And he said, I'd always be looking around to see how far I've got to go. And it would just mess with my head if I've got more laps to go. So this fast, super fast, lightning fast player hates running. I was really disappointed by that. Well, I think you might actually ask some like pretty high power sprinters how much they like running more than (laughs) a half a mile too. Right. They like speed and power. And it's not the, it's not, you know, that far off from a basketball player, right? Like, yeah. If you ask a sprinter who's like a pure, pure short sprinter to go run two miles, that's like their, I shouldn't categorize, but that's one of their least favorite days of the week. Right. That's true. So uh, it's probably not uncommon, uh, but it got me thinking like this professional athlete hates running. You as a professional runner, did you hate running? Uh, no comment, actually. <laughs> so maybe it's not just the sprinters. I'm a highly competitive athlete, like highly competitive person. Mm-hmm. This was a, a great place for me to vent, to air it all out. Yeah. If I go for a run, like if you were like, hey, let's go for a run right now, I'd mm-hmm. be like, I hate running. I actually might ask you to do that <laughs> soon. So. No, I already had my uh, orange theory. I'm all good right. Well, all right. So maybe it's not too far off of, of all of us. And, and maybe that's what he means when he says he hates running. Yeah. Just FYI, you don't really get a runner's high when you run like two to three miles at a time. There's no high. I don't know. I'd argue. <laughs> C- come on. Wink, wink. It's good for the show if they think there is one. Oh, so yeah, good, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's Ish Smith. Love the Wizards. Uh, the Wizards are, are young. They're exciting. Um, you and I should go to a Wizards game soon. We could, uh, we, we should, my, my brother just che- checked one out recently. Yeah, John was um, there on Monday. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they're a fun team to watch. So thank you to Kellen uh, for that article. Um, you know, I threw that story in because he li- he listens to the show as well. Uh, Kellen's uh, gotten a couple shots. I know now. recently two two in a row. Uh, this podcast, of course, it's sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with six area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run. Uh, we've got the Love the Run You're With coming up here first week of February, the first Sunday in February. That race this year is in Congressional Cemetery, so a new location for Love the Run You're With. So you can sign up for that race and all the Pacers running races. Uh, we have all those open, runpacers.com. Uh, you've got both St. Patrick's Day races. You've got the 5K Fridays. And, of course, you've got uh, every Alexandria's biggest and best race, the Parkway Classic 10-miler and 5K. New course this year for the 5K, so that's going to be really exciting. So if you want to run a really fun, new, uh, exciting 5K in Alexandria, uh, check out the Parkway Classic 5K. All right, Julie, uh, you know I love streaks, and I was really sad that this streak came to an end. A streak of 43 years is over. Uh, Steve Spence, I believe he's a coach at uh, Shippensburg? Shippensburg in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah, he is a, I, I believe, a, a, an Olympian. Uh, he ran the marathon. He ran, you know, track races. But uh, for this streak, he had run a sub five minute mile for 43 straight years. Unbelievable. He started when he was 14 years old in 1976, 
when I was born and continued to uh, that streak until this past year. He didn't run a sub five minute mile. Uh, he sent a note to let's run.com and he said the streak ended at 43 years. Uh, he made an attempt at Hagerstown Community College on Saturday, December 28th, and he ran 507. Wow. So he made another attempt uh, at uh, the Shippensburg Outdoor Track on the 31st, and he went out in 74, 229, and then he ran a, three, a 78. Uh, so he stepped off the track at uh, wow. 1,300 meters. Oh, man. That is sad, actually. I, I wonder how is. many times he, obviously right at the end of the year, but I wonder how many times he attempted it. Hopefully yeah. he's got better planning than Chris Farley where he <laughs> waits till like the last month where there's like, you know, maybe one marathon remaining in the country right. to try to break three hours. <laughs> right. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, he does. He's he's a better planner than Chris Farley, and he did not leave it to the last minute. He said uh, in this "Let's Run" note, he said he was fit and ready to run a sub five pretty easily in January, but hurt his left knee on January 27th, and he wasn't able to make it happen. Uh, and so he had that knee scoped on June 18th, and was able to train kind of on the elliptigo ten days after, but not able to really run consistently until October one. That's why he pushed his attempt to to. Uh, December 28th. Do we know anything about his pace groups? Do you have any pacers out there <laughs> I, with I, It him? doesn't say there, but I'm sure he had, uh, you know, probably one of his college kids trying to pace him. Uh, I would hope so. For, for all those who may be new to the show, that's uh, in reference to Chris Farley's mm -hmm. um, streak of breaking three hours for the marathon, which which docs would argue is is very the whole thing is very arguable right um he believes that there was one year that may or may not but uh that's chris farley had a had a marathon set up for him because he failed in the the november 2017 was it you got it november 2017 um philadelphia, philadelphia marathon, marathon. Yep. yep and so a month later pacers came together and and built a marathon so he had pacers. There were people actually physically out there for hours with him, um, you know, two hours and was it 48 minutes or yep. something like that, um, getting that done. So my question is, is does, did Steve Spence have a pace group? Um, I, I, or I, how was it that he did it? Was it always that he had to be by himself? Uh, I imagine not because he probably I think, did in a lot of races. Yeah, I think he, he, he did races and he, he, had, he had people run, but he, had, he didn't have the um, – you know, the illegal pacers like I had jumping mm -hmm. in and out of the race. Mm -hmm. Although my run was still legit in 2018. Oh, okay. Well, now sure it sounds runs. controversial. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, that was 2017. All right. From the conversation about a incredible streak that just ended to an incredible streak that continued on this year, uh, big props, shout out to a buddy, uh, Chris Hartner, who ran his... A sub three marathon in the fourth decade in a row. Wow. And he did it on that same day, December 28th. Uh, he had, um, you just talked about my, my marathon where, uh, he called you for advice. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. Because his yep. story is that he ran what? Three thirty something ran at three thirty at New York. I was with him at New York. He had some injury problems, you know, really fit guy. He's done a lot of biking, but just couldn't run. And he had to push it to the to the very end. December twenty eighth, he got a a group together um, from his store to help help pace him, and they ran the entire race with them. Um, another buddy of ours, uh, Adam, uh, and he got his timing crew out there. Uh, Adam White and his crew came out and timed the race. Uh, it was an official Boston qualifier there in Naperville. It was loops, I think, of about two or three miles. And he ran 258. He did 330 in New York early November and ran 258. And it was just, it was just unbelievable. He, um, you know, it was really, it was really inspiring because it was like the group coming together and really helping them. And uh, I told him afterwards, I said, you know, that was, the, that was the, the, the great part about it that I saw was the group and how happy everybody was. Uh, you know, he probably had a 308 in him, but 
the group carried him to a 258. Yeah. So, so you should be so proud of yourself too for teaching people how to build their own marathon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Let's make it about me. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Congratulations yeah, to Chris. Chris. He's that's the owner. Awesome. He's the owner of Naperville Running Company, a listener of the show and and a great dude in the industry. And it was just I was really inspired. It 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 made my week uh, that he was able to do that. Um, and his, uh, you know, and also, uh, you know, misery loves company. So we need th- these miserable streakers like me and Chris. We, we, we need company. So I uh, uh, hope to do uh, a sub three hour marathon with Chris in this dec- decade at some point. All right. Great show, Julie. Well, thank you. <laughs> Episode 218 in the books. Uh, look forward to Docs being back next week. Yeah, or phasing Docs out. I don't know. <laughs> he always thinks that's what we're trying to do. It's just not <laughs> true. It's not true. I'm slowly creeping in. <laughs> I always put it out there. Like, I'm really looking forward to Docs coming back next week because I uh, I just want him to feel the pressure to come back. Yeah. Because sometimes I'm not sure if he's coming back or not. Do it, Docs. Come on back. All right. Thanks to Parker Stinson. Uh, give him a follow. I got to gotta promote it again. It's underscore Parker underscore Stinson underscore on Instagram. Uh, I like him as an Instagram follow, but I also like he's got a lot of underscores as well. Uh, great guy. Great guest. Uh, good luck uh, to Parker as he gets ready for the trials. All right. For Julie, for Docs who's not here, I'm Chris Farley. This is Pace Nation. We'll see you next week. could give you a hard time like depending on my mood yeah with that like you're speaking on my behalf (laughs) exit that you do (laughs) like if i was really mad at you and you're like for julie (laughs) for docs this is chris farley like i could really be like i don't need you to speak (laughs) on my behalf i am not spoken for that's true (laughs) i'll think about that in the future (laughs) yeah i'm gonna change that exit oh one other note I want to make sure that you knew that um, I didn't go to the office. I was thinking about going to the office this morning when I left and looking disheveled. I actually stayed at the um, coffee shop and did work there. So it wasn't like I didn't do any work or it was, you know, just want to make sure that you knew that I was, because the, oh, I was yeah, gone for those. I need to, I always need to make sure that you're working. <laughs> like I need to, I need to know where you yeah. are. No, you're I, not I, just I, like it getting sounded like some I, coffee. It sounded like I just like decided not to go to work. I was so disappointed. Go for a run. I was so go upset. Go make yourself a turkey sandwich. <laughs> disappointed that uh, I decided not to go to work at all. To use, to use your term, I, I crowbarred some <laughs> Dayquil into your hands and sent you off. You did. We're going to talk about, I'm not sure you and I have done a podcast together before, so that'll be kind of the bit to begin with. Yeah. Married couple podcast. The married couple podcast. Yeah. Um, We're slowly phasing docs out. <laughs> I know. Everybody else is 